0: We're gonna get the call here. We're getting the-
1: Welcome back to Under Review, I'm Greg, he's Steve, we're coming to you live today, Sunday, the, May the 19th, um, what's up Steve? Hi Greg, um, I've, been, I've been doing
0: alright, uh, I've been a bit sick the last couple of days, but I'm okay. Um, it's been a crazy week for Rangers though, uh, lots of news, um, I think the biggest news is uh, JD joining the organization again.
1: Yeah, um, I know a lot of a lot of fans are pumped up about it. Um I think I think fans are pumped up because of JD's personality and I guess um I mean yeah, he he's he's helped St. Louis, he's helped Columbus, so there's there's some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, familiar face makes sense. He had an out clause with Columbus, comes here. All right. I mean, kinda of, kind of is what it is. I, I think um he, here's what I'll say. At the end of the day, this is Jeff Gorton is running this ship. Um, so he's spearheading this entire process. He's the one that's gonna be doing this rebuild. He's the one who's been doing this rebuild. So, um, not to say that JD isn't gonna have any influence, but I think um I think a good organization understands that let the GM do the job and the president is just more of overseeing processes. Um, I think he's gonna have a hand in, you know, possibly rebuilding Hartford because that's a complete fucking shit show. Um, but as far as like Jeff's job in terms of what players we sign and who we draft. I mean, like I don't, I don't see JD having much influence there. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that, but I think that's the way good organizations run is you, you hire the right general manager and you let him and his scouts do what they do best.
0: Yeah. And, um, I think there, there's, there's a misconception about what JD is coming over to do because there are some organizations that have one person for both jobs, both president and general manager, uh, but yeah, JD will only be the president. He will not be the general manager and that'll still be Jeff Gordon. And it's still, it's still his plan that he's carrying out. Um, exactly. And yeah, I, I think that, that the, the AHL team, the farm team in Hartford, um, uh, desperately needs something needs to happen because it has been awful for years. um, I th- and i i would go as far as saying that it it might be the reason why the rangers call up players sooner than they should
1: i think there's a lot of truth to that um i'll even go a step further is that i think that that's why we don't develop players well um i'll say this it's it's not so much developing your high end talent but you know it's it's guys in these later rounds that maybe need some real good development for 2 3 years to even become a pro NHLer. And we just don't develop them well because Hartford is it's a complete mess.
0: Yeah, it's 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 been a mess for years. And I I I don't I don't think there's a I think Jesper Foss is the last real player that that developed for a few years in Hartford before coming over.
1: Yeah, that's that's and that and that's alarming. That's alarming, especially when you um when that's the only player you could think of that is you know, deep in the organization that got developed. So,
0: um, yeah, So but yeah, players that I, I, are currently still on the team, yeah. It's, 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 it's not a good look.
1: And no, no, no.
0: If, if what you want to create in, in Hartford is a winning culture. I know it's not all about winning, but by creating a winning culture, it's much easier for players to, uh, to adjust. And especially with the number of European prospects they are drafting the last couple of years and some of them are coming over this summer and next summer. You need to have a solid foundation for these young kids to come in and not, and not fall through the ice, so to speak.
1: I Uh, actually completely agree with that. I think the winning culture part is, is actually really underrated here. Um, in terms of from the, the Hartford base, I mean, you got to realize like these, these kids in Hartford know nothing but losing. Um, and everything is a complete disaster Whereas you go look at uh, Toronto with the Marlies, you go look at like, um, um, Tampa Bay, um, with their AHL team, um, I, I think, know getting a few other good ones too, but I mean like yeah. they just develop a, a, a good culture of, of competitive hockey.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and I think the Carolina affiliate, the Charlotte checkers have, have had some good
1: seasons as well. And Right. And- that's another good one.
0: And you see some young players coming through their ranks who uh, just feel comfortable because it, it it feels like they go from they they don't go from one system to another. It's it's the same system, you know. It's the same basics, and and I think that's what needs to change most. And is John Davidson the right guy? I, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I haven't really followed him in St. Louis or Columbus. Of course, everyone knows him from his previous stints with the Rangers as a goalie and in on the broadcast. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, at least he has some experience because I also saw some people suggest Messier. He's always mentioned when there's a job available. It doesn't matter if it's the janitor or the CEO. If there's a job available in the organization, some fans somewhere mentions Messier for the job. Uh, yeah, have, or, or, or some or other players.
1: Through. Like, everyone wants to bring back Leach and Graves and Richter. Yeah. and they, they all want to bring back all these ex-players. And, and I'm a big fan of just get the right guy for the job. Um, and also, I'm not also a big fan of taking a lot of, of icons of the sport and, and putting them in charge. Because at the end of the day, you know, if let's just hypothetically say Messier was the president or the GM or, or something or the coach, Right. Like at some point, those guys get fired or let go or they go somewhere else. And it's like, I don't want my icons ruined in some sense. So, you know, I, I just don't like I don't like that feeling of that. So I'd rather hire outside. That's why I like, you know, Gorton and Quinn and all these other ideas, because if it doesn't work out or even if it does work out and we move on to a different theory at some point or, or, or different ideas, you feel comfortable with it because there's no attachment to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I agree there as well because it might tarnish their reputation that they've built up through the years. And, and Gretzky was a head coach in Arizona and it's the perfect example of a good player, not necessarily being a good coach or general manager or some guy in the
1: management, uh, on the management side of things. Um, yeah, I think people just assume that because you're great at one thing, you're great at everything.
0: Yeah, there's there's actually in the Netherlands where I grew up, um, which is big on football, what you guys call soccer. Um, there's this one guy who once uh, uh, phrased it in a in a in, in a funny but actually accurate way: um, a good horse doesn't make a good jockey. And he was referring to some um, some legendary players who who never really turn out to be good coaches, and the best coaches in the world were always. I'm not saying mediocre players, uh, but there were always players who had to work a little bit harder to get to where they, where they ended up. And the way he explained it, and I think this also applies to hockey, the way he explained it is because they didn't have all the talent in the world, like guys like Gretzky or Michael Jordan or whichever sport you follow, because they didn't have all the talent, they had to work much harder, they had to study tape, they had to put so much more effort into it, so by doing that, it's easier for them to relate to the players on their team who also have to go through that. And when you, when you look at, at soccer, like the, the big teams, um, they, they all have uh, head coaches who, uh, with, with a few exceptions, of course, but they all have head coaches who are, who are okay players at best. Uh, because coaching is is completely different from, from playing, and it's the same for being a, a team president or a general manager. And I understand that that fans always want their their icons back in a role and this and that, but it might not be the best for the team or even for the person in question.
1: Agreed. Um, but as far as this move for the Rangers is concerned, I have no issues with it simply because he has experience in St Louis he has experience in um, in Columbus and yeah. to be quite fair those programs have turned around and th- there have been um, a boatload of talent that's been drafted by that team and produced by that team so having that you know and then you combine his um, you know legendary status with the team sure it, it seems like a good fit and let's just see what happens from here so I, I have no issues with this whatsoever I think this is a fine fit Um, Yeah. Uh,
0: same here. I have no issues with it. I'm just, I'm just more of a wait and see, uh, type person when it comes to this.
1: Um, but everyone seems really excited about it. So yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so to some other news, uh, looks like we have another, another Russian coming over. Uh, so Rykov, um, I I guess he signed, I guess he signed, he signed a deal to come over. Correct.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, the Russian invasion continues. Um, when Kroftsov and Shostyorkin were, um, were announced as players, and even a couple of weeks before that, when I think Rick Carpinello uh, announced that they had reached an agreement with the Rangers, people were asking me about, oh, what about Rykov, what about Rykov? Um, and I kept saying, well, he's still playing because he played until the end of April with the Russia B team. Uh, so his season ended much later than Kroftsov and Shostyorkin. And because of that, he was not in a position to negotiate a new deal. Because um, even though the, um, the other teams didn't um, release Kraftsoff and Sestjorkin from their contracts to retain their KHL rights, they didn't give them permission to negotiate with the Rangers. Um, when Rykov finished the tournament in St. Petersburg at the end of April, um, that was, I think, the 29th or the 28th of April. So it was only two days before his contract expired. That's when basically the negotiations started. With the Rangers at the earliest. so'm I'm not, I'm not surprised that it took them uh, a good two weeks to come to an agreement. Uh, but I'm excited to see this guy on the, on the Rangers and at, well, if he can make it of course, but first prospect camp and then preseason and see where it goes. He does have a European assignment clause which means he can activate it if he wants to and and go back to uh, to Europe to finish the season there. Um, And then after the season, he would come back for his second year of his entry-level contract. So if he goes back to Russia, it doesn't mean that his contract is terminated. Uh, Which is different from the situation with uh, Bereglazov a few years ago, who the Rangers signed to an entry-level deal. He was an undrafted free agent. And after it didn't work out with him, the Rangers and Bereglazov agreed to mutually terminate the contract, which was a completely different situation. So if Rykov decides to go back to Russia, it's not the end of the world, but it's up to him. Um, he he has a good chance to uh, to secure a spot on the team because it's it's the worst kept secret in the world that the
1: Rangers' defense is awful. Yeah, it is. Um, this that's, this actually leads me to my next question. Um, so now that he's here, I mean, just 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 think about this for a second. So so speaking of organizational depth, um, we've got you know Libor Hayak. We've got, you know, Rykov. Now you got Lindgren, you got Nils Lundqvist. Um, we got Keandre Miller, Nico gross. Um, you know, the trying to think of missing a few players, top of my head, Sean day is still in the system. Um, Joey Keane. Now we got Adam Fox. Um, I don't know if you still want to throw in John Gilmore into the mix. Oh,
0: really? Um, but, but there are some Europeans that you, that you're, that you're missing, but,
1: uh, okay, go ahead. Throw them at me. I'm...
0: Um, yeah, like
1: and, uh Charlene, uh, Ragnarsson. Well, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm saying guy well, right, uh, e- exactly. So um, even if we're just talking about guys that are, that are, and then we talk about the guys that are here too. So we've still got, Fre- we've still got Frederick Clayson, right? We still have yeah. him. Um, D'Angelo, Piong, Shadi Shea, Smith, Stahl. I just feel like, y- y- you know, all those guys, I mean, like just those guys alone, plus all the kids you have, there's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, am I crazy to think that at least two players on this blue line are going to be moved? Something's got to give. I mean, Clayson, D'Angelo,
0: and Pionk are all restricted free agents. Will they, will they move them? Maybe. Um, Yeah, maybe. um, I mean, in the AHL, you have, at the moment, Lindgren, Keen, Crawley, Day, uh, Darren Radish, um, I think Rob O'Gara is gone. I think John Gilmore is gone as well. He might go to a different team. Uh, yeah, I, don't
1: think, I, I, think he's, I think he's gone too, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they will extend Chris uh, Biggers, who they got in the Ryan Graves trade. Um, I think they are just replacing the, the the defensive prospects that they know will not cut it by prospects that, that may actually cut it.
1: Right. So let, let's let say, for example, I mean, I think we're we're pretty much all on board with Adam Fox going to have a roster spot. Yes. Okay, great. So then that means for sure that one of these six defensemen that are currently on the roster are going to be gone. Has to be. Yes. Not gonna, uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to run with seven defensemen again. I really don't. I, I, I don't. Well, seven, seven, of course, not eight. No, I'm t- I, I mean, I'm sorry. I in eight defensemen. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, do they, do they give Freddie Clayson a a qualifying offer to retain his rights probably, and then maybe trade him for a late round pick. Um, and then it's between D'Angelo and Pionk. And as much as I love D'Angelo and we've had this conversation before, I think they will keep Pionk over D'Angelo because of the, um, because of how they are off the ice. Because it is so important to, to fit in with the organization. And I think for some reason, D'Angelo, for everything he does on the ice, he just doesn't really fit in as a person.
1: I, I actually can see that. I actually, I don't think that's a bad take. I think that's totally possible. They can, they can trade him. Right. Um, and also, we're forgetting that, you know, Libor Hayek came up, looked pretty decent. So maybe they actually give him a realistic shot. Maybe, maybe Rykov actually makes the team. Yeah, could be. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, And, that, and those are two other guys you got to think of too. So yeah. is it impossible to think that we move at least two guys? No, I don't think so. I think, I think two players, I think two guys out of Clayson, D'Angelo, Piong, Shattenkirk, Shea, Smith, and Stahl are going to be gone.
0: Um, unless they uh, decide to play Brandon Smith as a forward all season long.
1: Oh, don't uh, that would be a terrible idea. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying. It's I'd rather I'd, rather. I'd rather bury his I'd rather bury him in Hartford.
0: Yeah, but um, I think Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith doesn't really have a future on this team, um, and in in a way, I wish it was 2021 already, because Stall, Shattenkirk, and Smith all come off the books that summer, unless they are traded or bought out before that.
1: Well, that's why I actually think that I think Gorton might try to expedite this process by moving some of these guys, um, knowing that he, he might lose the trade, but what he's gaining is the, is the roster spots. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, he's, I don't think he's looking to trade some of these guys for value. I think he's looking to trade them to free up space so that, uh, you know, if other people feel like they can compete and win a spot, which I think makes sense. I mean, you, if. I understand keeping keeping some veteran presence on this on this blue line. Um, but I also think that if you have too much of that, then you, what what are you doing? You're giving, you know, Adam Fox third pair of minutes, you're giving, you know, Tony D'Angelo third pair of minutes. I I, I just don't see the I don't think that's gonna grow, grow these kids. I think he, I think they need more ice time than that.
0: Yeah. Um and that's that's the thing. They have to do some things. Like I said, some things got to give. You have all these. You have Fox and Rykov coming in now. Um, something, someone has to has to be sacrificed to to make room for these two. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rykov goes back to Russia for a year.
1: No, that wouldn't surprise me. But but even still, and then you throw just even just even just Fox and maybe Lieber Hayek into the mix. Because I don't think I don't think it's unrealistic that Libor Hayek can win a spot. He looked pretty good when he, in, in in his little in his little yeah. he looked good and he looked good in preseason. And then mm-hmm. when he got called up, he looked pretty good too. He just he looked trash in Hartford. And does that really you know shock you with how bad Hartford is? So no.
0: Well, I think Libor Hayek is the perfect example of why Hartford is not the uh, the right way to judge players. Because right. the, the moment he came up to the NHL, he was a completely different player, full of confidence. He made good plays and. Although it was a small sample size, has to be said. But still, um, it, when, when you look at the left side, it's it's Mark Stahl, Brady Shea, and then apparently Libor Hayek, unless yeah. they keep Freddie Clayson. But do they keep a 26-year-old journeyman on defense
1: when they can give that spot to one of their young kids? I hope not. I'd rather give it to a young kid and just and just yeah. and just go with it and just roll. And speaking of this, brings me to my next um, my next. Uh, talking point too. And we're talking about how we're going to build this team. So there's been a, some rumblings um, and some of it was from Rick Carpinello who um, is pretty tuned into the team. And I, I actually like a lot of his stuff. I, if you guys don't subscribe to the athletic um, I recommend you do. I actually like Rick Carpinello from, from a writer standpoint. I know um, there's been, I know some people like to get on him, but I think he writes, I think his, I think his writing is really good. I actually like some of the stuff he does. So, Um, He's pretty tuned in with the team. So there's, I mean, I'm a fan of him to to, to be completely honest. Um, But having said that, he he mentioned some point about how the Rangers are going to be, make a splash and they're going to be big time buyers in this upcoming season, this upcoming uh, um, summer, I should say. So it leads me to this question, because who are the players? Now he said that Panarin is going to go to Florida. He doesn't think Panarin's coming here and he thinks Carlson is out of possibility or they're not in the Carlson's not part of this mix. Mm. So now it leads me to a question of, well, what the heck is he talking about? Is he talking about Matt Duchesne? Is he talking about, um, you know, Jeff Skinner? Skinner? Like I just, this now this is where I start to get worried about the organization because this is almost, let's make a splash for splash sakes because we didn't make the playoffs last year and we need to bring in a guy to look good. And it's like, that is where I start to get worried about this organization. a little bit. This is where yeah. I start to get a little bit panicky and a little bit like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, and I don't know, is this where pressure, you know, Jeff Gordon is getting pressure from the, the guys above, like saying, Hey, we got to make playoffs next year. Like, we can't, we can't fuck around. We already rebuild it now. It's-. And yeah. he's just like, maybe Jeff is more in the, in the, in the, the process of if we get the right free agent, fine, but I'm not sacrificing that for anything. Yeah. I don't know. Look,
0: and, and Jeff Gordon is not Glenn Seder, so I'm not worried about that. And I think if, if it was up to me, it's, it's either Carlson, Panarin, or, or no big free agent because we are not in a position to compete right now. So the only way you, you go out and spend a lot of money on a free agent is if you can get a player that won't be available in the next two, three years. And I think both Panera and Carlson are at that level um, where there are players who will not be available in a free agency in the next two three off-seasons. There, there may be a possibility that Taylor Hall is available next year, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so if, if those two are not available, if Panarin and Carlson are not going to the Rangers, um, I would use that cap space in a more creative way. Use it as an asset. Try to uh, trade with a team to take one of their bad contracts And in exchange, get one of their prospects. Um, I
1: I agree. I think that's the right, I think that's the right approach.
0: I was, I was talking, uh, to someone uh, a few months ago and actually wrote it down in an article last month. Uh, and I got really creative, maybe a bit too creative, but the, the, the scenario that I explained was how the Rangers trade for Patrick Marlowe. Uh, Patrick Marlowe waves, his no move clause to go to the Rangers. Um, and the Rangers get Kasperi Kapanen or Andreas Johnson from them. Um, the Rangers then buy out Patrick Marlowe. There's only a one-year cap hit, and then he signs back with Toronto for $1 million, the same way Brooks Orpic did when he was traded from Washington to Colorado, bought out, and then signed as a free agent for $1 million with Washington again. Right. I think that's the, that is a creative way of using your cap space, and by doing so, you acquire a talent like... Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, who, um who is on the verge of breaking out. He had 20 goals. He's, he's I think, 21 or 22. That's the type of, that's the type of
1: payment uh, you, sh- you should sacrifice your cap space for. I agree. I just don't think that's what the Rangers are going to do. But I agree with you. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think, I, I honestly, you know, I, I don't know um, how, I know Rick Carpinell is pretty tuned in. Um, I don't know if he's speculating what they're gonna do based on past performance of what the Rangers have done, or this is insight from inf- inside information that he has that the Rangers are gonna make a splash and it's not gonna be those two guys. Because if that's really what it is, I am so fucking petrified because I just know that 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 reeks of like let's give Duchene an eight year uh, a seven year deal.
0: Yeah, I don't and think I will, that's going to happen.
1: I do, I will be so upset if they give Duchene a seven year deal or they give Jeff Skinner a six, seven, year deal. not that these guys are not bad. Mm. I mean, or not, not, you know, not that these guys aren't good or, you know, or whatever. But the thing is, is that if, if you're looking to rebuild now, let's say the Rangers were a playoff team last year and maybe they got knocked out in the first or second round and maybe they needed one more winger to put them over the top. I'd say, okay this might make some sense to go, you know what I mean? Or they say, you know what? We, we lack another center here. Let's go get Duchesne and see if we can rock and roll with this. And if we have to have a, an amnesty buyout from down the road, we do, or whatever the case is, or, yeah. you know, may, I can, I can buy that if they're one player away, but they're not, they're, re, they're, they're, they are not they are they are they do not even have an identity yet. And then all of a sudden you want to throw money at, like, I don't want to say Duchesne is a B level um, free agent, but honestly, it's, it's Panarin, Carlson on, on tier one, and then tier two is everybody, is, is, is Duchesne.
0: It's basically like the draft. You have Hughes and Kako first, and then everyone else.
1: Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't like that theory. I, I think the only time you go out in free agency is when you're trying to get that world-class player that you're never going to get again. Yep. One, or number two is when you maybe need to get one player to put yourself over the hump. And the Rangers are not in. The Rangers are are maybe in the position for point one of that. But if Panarin's not on their on their board, or they feel like he's not going to come, then you just stick. You just ride it out. What you have, keep the cap space. Maybe a team comes to you later on in the year and says we can't afford to keep this guy, and you want to take him on. I mean, I'd rather have that cap flexibility as a muscle than kill it just for killing it. Yeah, You know, yeah. I don't want to spend for spend's sake. And I think that's what worries me about this team.
0: Yeah, but I think, I think the reason Ranger fans are worried is because that's what the Rangers have been doing for the last decades. They always go after, exactly. the, after the free agent guys. You know, they always go after the guys. And they always, you know, they always get them like two, three years too late. They always get them when they are 33 or 34, never when they are 29. Yeah. Or even when they are 27. It just doesn't happen. Um, if you go through the last 15, 20 years, you can make a list of 20 players that the Rangers should not have signed. Um, even even in, in the 80s and the 90s, it was, it was the same thing every time. Uh, I think now, having Jeff Gordon who has done this before in Boston, we have someone who actually understands how to build a team in the salary cap era.
1: Look, so I, not, agree, I agree with you. It's just—it's just that Rick's Rick's article got me worried, again.
0: Yeah, but is it—is it based on rumors? Is it based on sources, or is it just who knows an, I don't an
1: know. opinion? So
0: we don't know. Because uh, I, I also saw an article by from Elliot Friedman, I think, that the Rangers were planning on uh, offer sheeting Braden
1: Point. You know what? I hate saying this. If, if they had to do one or the other, I'd almost rather them do that than sign Duchesne for, like, you know, I don't know, seven years. If they're going to say, let's, let's give money to Duchesne and Skinner for the next 14, like, seven years each versus offer sheeting Braden Point, I'd rather offer sheet Braden Point. I don't want to do either one, mm-hmm. but I'd rather do that, as crazy as that, as crazy as that sounds. But how, how, how good will Braden Point be away from Tampa, though? I think it's going to be fine. I actually, I actually, right. fine. I, I, I view him and, and Mitch Marner on a very similar um, tier. So mm. I think, I, I think both of them would do fine away from their count, their, their uh, you know, their, their line. Right. I don't think that's a problem.
0: But it'll be an interesting offseason. And, and I mean, it's, it's only May. And I think we have already made enough moves that normally would make uh, the offseason a success.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, you you had something you want to talk about with Adam Fox, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Adam Fox, of course, was traded uh, from Carolina to the Rangers last month. Um, And people were people were curious or, or surprised that that Carolina actually traded him while they were still playing, while their season was still in full swing. And I started thinking about it. Why did Carolina trade him so early? Why didn't they just wait for their postseason to finish? Because you don't really see teams that are active in the playoffs making trades. Um, yeah, that's super rare. And then I, I sort of threw out a theory and a conversation with someone. And it just it, 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 it looks like there, there is some substance to it now. I think maybe the Rangers acquired him earlier to sign him so he could be added to the national team at the World Championships because the Rangers assistant general manager Chris Drury is the general manager of Team USA. That
1: yeah, makes sense.
0: Um, it, it probably is the same prize it would have been next month, but I think I think that might be the reason because a player like Adam Fox is not going to play in the uh, world championships without a contract. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing to think about. But
1: Yeah, uh, that's actually a very good point. I, I, I think that's uh, probably something I don't think anyone's – I don't know. I don't know if anyone's discussed it, but I I've, I've, haven't heard much on that, that, that theory. But, yeah, that, that, that could possibly be. I mm-hmm. think that's possible. I think that's, uh, I think that's, I mean, it makes sense to me, especially if he wants to play in the, uh, you know, in the world championships this summer. So it made sense.
0: Yeah. And players don't really play in the world championships unless they have a contract because they don't want to risk injuries before negotiations going mm-hmm. into the offseason. That um, that's why guys like Patrick Line and Mikko Antonen aren't playing. Right.
1: So speaking, speaking of the World Championships, let's talk about some Ranger players that are in the World Championships. Anyone that's um, that you've seen that that you want to chat about stood out to you?
0: Um, n- not really, actually. I think I think Kreider has been okay. I think I think Brady Shea has been all right. Filip um, Hedo with the Czech Republic has been on and off. Uh, Lundqvist has basically been Lundqvist. Um, from like five years ago, when he plays for Sweden, He's, he seems very focused again. Uh, Georgiev is now the backup goalie, now that Vasilevsky is, uh, is getting the games. Right. Um, I think Adam Fox is, is the most interesting ranger to follow now in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, I'll say this. I think, I think Adam Fox has had actually a very good tournament. Um, what surprised me... Um, is his 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 play on both ends of the ice? I thought I thought he's been good everywhere. Um, has he had some shifts where he hasn't looked good? Sure. Has he had um shifts where he's looked good? Yeah, way more than shifts he's looked bad. Actually, he's he's probably looked good. I don't know, you know, seventy eighty percent of the time I've watched him. I mean, yeah. um, especially in his own zone, he's had, he's had some nice plays. Um, and then moving the puck up ice, and you know whether that's um, whether that's carrying the puck or whether that is, you know, that, that, that outlet pass, um, all of that's just looked good. And I think that's going to be really good for the Rangers because that's something that we actually do pretty, pretty, pretty poorly at. Um, I think we want more defensemen to be able to handle the puck and carry it through the neutral zone and, and, start, and start to push the pace a little bit more. So, um, and that's a huge skill set of Adam Fox's. And I really didn't understand it too well until I started watching him play in the World Juniors. I mean, not the World, the um, the World Championships this summer. And kids, kid can move the puck. I think that's, uh, I think that's something that I, you know, like I said, we all knew that. I think watching him do it um, at this level is kind of even more interesting. And I like the fact that he's had some pairings with guys like Quinn Hughes. He's had pairings with uh, Brady Shea. Um, He's had... Um, you know, pairings with uh, who I think I'm trying to think who else he got paired. With. I think it's mostly those two and um, trying to miss someone else, but like, you know, he, he's, he's looked good. I think he's, I think actually if I had to say one ranger, I've been not, maybe not impressed with, but the one guy that stood out a little bit is, is Adam Fox's play. He, he okay. really is. He's been really good. Um. Yeah. I mean,
0: from what I've seen, he is, uh, he's, he's a very interesting prospect, and, and he's, he's showing a lot of things that the Rangers desperately need, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, that's to, I think that's totally a fair take. Yeah. Um, as far as any of the other Ranger players, um, you know, I think... Um, actually, I'll, I'll say this. I think Brady Chase right, um, yeah. has been pretty good. Um, maybe even better than what I thought. You know, he would show it this uh, uh, in the world championships. Um, and I think sometimes when we look at this Ranger team, we get caught up in how bad the overall team is. And Brady Shea has had an up and down year last year. He's had, you know, it's been a roller coaster of a season. And he's played better in the world championships than he has played for, you know, for, for the Rangers in terms of being consistent. So. Um, it, it's a, ama- it's amazing when you take, you take Brady Shea, you take him off the, the US, you know, the, the, the Ranger roster, he looks really good. Adam Fox. I mean, he hasn't played for the Rangers yet, but on this world on, on, on this world championships this summer has looked pretty good. Um, I think sometimes we, you know, you mentioned Henrik Lundqvist looked look better playing for Sweden than he's looked for, you know, the Rangers. Um, <laughs> is this an, is, is this an indictment of the Rangers? A little bit, you know, you know, a little bit. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think it's just a different
0: environment that, that helps them a little bit here.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's totally true. I think you're absolutely right on that. Um, so moving on. So the uh, NHL playoffs, Um, so the Boston Bruins, they – Uh to my surprise, I actually swept Carolina. I thought Carolina would at least make it a series, but they didn't. So now we've got the Boston Bruins in the fucking Stanley Cup final. So yay, because Boston doesn't win enough. So isn't that just amazing? Um so we're gonna have to deal with that if they, you know, if they win again. So that's gonna be fun. But hopefully a team out west can beat them. You know, uh we're still for me, I'm I'm rooting for either St. Louis or San Jose, whoever comes out of the West. I hope they beat Boston. I really do. I don't I don't care who if you think I'm a Boston hater, it's fine. Um, you know, I'm I'm a Yankee fan, so I yeah I I you know dislike a lot of the city, a lot of the um, teams in Boston. I actually love Boston as a city, but from a team standpoint, I I you know I don't I love watching them lose. I don't care how that makes me sound, but it's fun watching them lose. Um, unfortunately, they've given me nothing but like you know, sadness for the last, you know, two decades, because they really have been like a city of championships, whether that's the Patriots or, you know, whether that's the Red Sox or now the Bruins and even Mm. the Celtics are competitive. So it's whatever.
0: Um, I saw a picture today that that said it's been 187 days since Boston had a championship. Yeah, I
1: mean, they're just starving, dude.
0: And I think I think the only year this decade they didn't have a championship was twenty fourteen. That's it. Or a finals appearance. Sorry.
1: Man, that's I mean that, that that's gotta be rough for them.
0: They had one year out of ten without a finals appearance. That's how do you survive? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I really I feel <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad for them. I mean they they're they're definitely dying for some uh for some, some good luck up there at some championships, you know. So yeah, yeah. So um, of course we have to discuss the hand pass. Oh, good 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 point. We haven't talked about that yet. Um, what are your so let me get your let me get your um your thoughts when it first happened, and then after you got to process it. Look,
0: I don't blame the refs. Um, refs are human. Humans make mistakes. I blame the NHL for not having this as a reviewable play.
1: That's, um, the right, that's the right tape.
0: I I think it should have been a hand pass. Uh, there was was some talk that the puck maybe hit uh, Jay Bomeister. but then again, Timo Meyer was credited with a secondary assist on the goal. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I just think plays like this should have should be reviewable. And especially when it comes to goals, I think I think it should be reviewable uh during the last possession of the team that scored. Yeah. Uh once possession changes, that that, that changes everything. But during during the last possession, if something happens, that should be reviewable.
1: I- I'm okay even keeping you know goals reviewable, period.
0: Well the goal is reviewable. The play led led up to the goal wasn't. That's the problem.
1: Oh I see what you're saying. You're talking about the because the, the the hand pass led to the goal. So the goal was good, but the hand pass... I understand what you're saying. Exactly. I, yeah, I know. I, I, look, it, we're, we're, we're really touching on a, on, a, on a... The thing is, too, is it's funny how if this was during the regular season, people would just go, ah, refs blew a call. Now you get to the playoffs, stakes are higher. Everyone expects everything to be perfect. And it's like, it's not exactly how it is either.
0: It's still the same refs. And... You know,
1: they yeah, make- the, same refs, the, the same refs that are fucking up in December and January are fucking up now. So what are you complaining? What are you, what are you upset about?
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're human. Um, like I said, I don't blame the refs. I
1: blame the rules. Yeah, I'm, I'm more on that, on that tangent as well. Um, do I think it sucks? Yes. Did, um, did St. Louis get fucked? Yeah, they got fucked. I mean, like saying they didn't is, is absolutely is, is not true because they did get screwed. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, you almost – I hate saying it, but if you're St. Louis, you have to say we have to find a way to get a break now in, in the next three games and win two out of the next three, and just that's it. You, you, if you're going to sit there and just think about that one play, you're going to lose this series.
0: Yeah, and the game is tied 2-2 after four, so it's it's a best of three now. It's It's all to play for.
1: Right, exactly. And so this afternoon we're going to have – um, we're gonna have game five, so that's gonna be interesting. and um we'll go from there. I mean, my question to you is, can either one of these teams beat Boston?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, not,
1: I'm not sure on that.
0: My ideal scenario would be for San Jose to make the final, and then win the uh, the cup clinching game in Boston, have yeah, Thor- with Joe, with Joe
1: Thornton skating around with the cup in Boston. Have Thornton lift
0: it. the cup and announce his retirement right then and there.
1: Oh, uh, that would be that would be picture perfect. That that well, would, we don't, we don't that live would be, in a picture perfect world.
0: That would be more epic than Ray Bork winning it with Colorado.
1: Yeah, probably. But I don't will that happen though. Look,
0: in in my experience, the moment a team has had a a, a debatable call against them, they will get one in their favor. So with all to play for and 2-2 two, two after four games, I think St. Louis has a little bit of an edge.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. Well, let, yeah. right, so let, me ask, let me ask you this question. Which team has the better chance beating Boston? Is it the Sharks or is it the Blues? Uh, Sharks. I'm going to say the Blues.
0: I just think the Sharks are the more experienced team, especially when it comes to the playoffs. They've made it to the final already. Uh, it's just one more hurdle for them. And I don't know how long it has been for St. Louis since they made a final, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened with any of the current players on it.
1: No, no. Uh, what's interesting is, is either one of these teams make it to the Western, make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Neither, neither franchise has won a cup, so that's going to be fun. And
0: that's that's always fun. Seeing new yep. teams in the cup
1: is always interesting. Yep. I actually think if you, if you polled NHL fans... I think most fans are probably going to be pulling for the, wet, the the Western Western Conference team just out of pure they've never won. It's not Boston, you know. I, I think they're going to be the I think they're going to be the fan favorite, so to speak. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I well, just I think for me, it's it's it comes down to the I just you know what it is. I know it's not. I just don't trust Jones. I really really don't. That bothers me. I could just see I could see Jones in like a game in Boston and just get just get tattooed and then just and then everything just comes crumbling down
0: neutral fans always go for the underdog so
1: yeah that's true
0: let's just Um, let's just stick to that and uh and hope the neutral fans get what they want
1: yeah yeah i I agree i agree with that let's just let's just enjoy the next at least at least two games if not a game seven and then hopefully one of these teams will just kick the shit out of boston so that'll be fun to watch um but you know, so, in
0: the end, in the end, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I survived the Penguins going back to back in twenty sixteen and seventeen. If Boston wins, I'll survive. Yeah, that's true. I usually forget about it in July, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not as forgiving. I want to see somebody win. I want to see somebody from the West and win. Um, and for me personally, there's a, there's some storylines that I think are interesting. I think I think I think San Jose has the the. More interesting storylines because you've got you got you know you got Jumbo Joe, you got Pavelski, and you've got you know, you know you got you got Eric Carlson, you know you've got um, you got Logan Couture, you got some of these guys that have been through these trenches with San Jose for for a long time. So there's a little bit of like I would love to see them win because they've been there before and they've fallen a little short. And some of these guys, this I mean, like this might be Joe's last chance this might yep. be you know i mean is this joe pavelski's last last dance maybe oh maybe well, i mean like in terms of maybe he doesn't does he get to another final at some point again i don't know how old is pavelski
0: 34 that's
1: a good question i think he's in his mid 30s um let's take a look i'm actually kind of curious myself uh Let's see. How old is he? He is. He's going to be 35. So, yeah, I mean, this this could very well be his last hurrah. Now, not to say that he's not going to be playing anymore. It's just that. Will he make another another final appearance? Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, like we always talk about windows of opportunity for teams. Right. The Rangers had a window Um, yeah. the Penguins is probably closing. Is it is San Jose's window closing? Probably, probably. That's why they went out and got Eric Carlson. The reason why they did that, they know their window is short, they know that this is, might be their last chance. So, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely that to be said for it. Um, from a storyline point of view, of if, if San Jose does pull this off and they make it to the finals and win a cup, it's gonna be great storylines. St. Louis, I mean, there's some great stories there. I mean, this is a team that you know uh, was, was horrible in the beginning of the year, and then just and then since like January, was just you know the, the best team in hockey. They had a rookie rookie goalie come out of nowhere play spectacular. So, like, there's some fun Um, storylines. I think St. Louis was ranked
0: 31st in December. Oh, wow, that's insane. And now they are two wins away from the cup final. That's insane. With a rookie goalie. That's pretty interesting. By the way, I'm just looking at it. The rookie goalie who is already 25.
1: (laughs) That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. All right, let's get to some questions, actually, before we wrap up here. So, yeah, um, let's see. Let's go through these questions here. OK, um, where are we? So this one is from. Larry, let's see, uh, maybe talk about offer sheet options, possibly on Marner or point. OK, um, so. Offer sheeting. Are you for it? Are you against it? Um,
0: well, it does, to me, it doesn't really matter what my point of view is because it, I just don't see it happening. Um, it, since 1997, there has been one offer sheet that has been accepted without being matched, and that was Dustin Penner in, I think, 2007. Um, I, I, I think offer sheets can be helpful unless I mean, the, the conversation has to be worth it, and I don't think four first-round picks for either Marner or Point is worth it. There's only one player I will give up four first-round picks for, and that's Connor McDavid.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with this. I think that, um, look, I think anybody would want Marner or Point on their team. It's just, yeah. and, and, and it's not about the money, actually. I don't think the money is even the problem. Because no. I, think, I think if you offer sheeted either one of them, let's say $11 million, let's just, I mean, just throwing a hypothetical number out there, um, they're probably worth that. And the point is, is are they worth that plus the four picks? No, that's where and it becomes dicey. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, I think no. I think
0: it's more likely to see them being traded by Toronto or Tampa, and, and then signed by the team that acquired them than to see an offer sheet.
1: Maybe, maybe, or just try to keep try to keep the salary low until they hit UFA, and hopefully, maybe they. Their numbers. I don't know. I mean, just but hold on as long. That's as you can.
0: that's another option, especially for Toronto. It's an option with Marner, because I don't
1: think Marner has. Uh, I don't think Marner is arbitration eligible. Oh, he's not, right? Nope. Okay, so I mean, you could just you could try to just keep him on the cheap for as long as possible, and just so hopefully, they can, they hopefully you, pre- you know, hopefully you just you 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 last it out and you win a cup before he gets a big contract. Maybe just you know, and you're just trying to play the timeline.
0: And the same goes for Braden Point. He's not arbitration eligible, so they don't hold any leverage, and that's that does change um, the perspective a little bit. Um, and yeah, the teams can just offer them a one or two year deal and just you know postpone the issue for next to next year or the year after.
1: Yeah. So just to get back to the you know, so I think ha- how I'm looking at this is I'm not saying that. I Do I think offer sheeting could happen? I think it could happen. Um, I don't think it's about the money anymore. I think it's just because we've, they've made the compensation um, so, so egregiously crazy. And on top of that, I think today GMs are getting a little more savvy about their value of, of their picks, especially first-round picks, that okay. when you combine the money plus four to- first-rounders, first it just makes it very difficult. I'll say this. Say it was two first-rounders. Yeah, you might see offer sheets all day long.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, the the tiers of compensation below the four, uh, the four first-round picks are not really interesting enough for players because those type of players can be either signed in free agency anyway.
1: Exa- exactly. So they, And they just made that, that, that top tier so outrageous that no one's going to want to do it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the other thing is... And they're
1: doing that to purposely... To purposely you know, hamstring teams from not doing it. So whoever to, you draft, you're, you're keeping that player yeah. until, you know, they're well above their mid-20s. And the thing, here's something that actually sucks for the player, I hate saying this, but this actually stinks for the player. It does, because the player can't maximize. Like, unfortunately, players are getting better younger and they're peaking earlier, I think. So because of that, they're not able to capitalize on their, their contracts. Um, the, the real winner is the NHL teams and the real loser is the players here. Fortunately, I, yeah. and I know, I know we live in a, in a world where we want to be like, Oh, the player makes too much money, et cetera, et cetera. And all other, you know, all these other dumb takes. But the reality is, is that this actually hamstrings the players the most. And it really, it really hurts them because, they they miss out on golden opportunities to, uh, and that's why you're seeing some, some players will say, screw it. Like, you know, buy out my, my UFA years because I don't want to mm-hmm. play this game. And then, you know, er, live, live every year where it's like, if I have a down year, all of a sudden you want to sign me to next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but the thing, is, well, the thing is,
0: the thing is, if you don't do this, then you devalue the draft as a whole.
1: I think that's fair. I think that's true. But there's got to be something – there's got to be something that, like, I, if, if – the way I would – I mean, I don't know how, what they're going to do in the, with the CBA, but I would prefer to have that UFA be a little bit, little bit sooner.
0: Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is what not only the NHL decided on, but the NHL Players Association as well. You know, yeah. They did, agreed on this.
1: Yeah, I, I just wonder the next CBA what – I think this is going to get reworked. Maybe, but for
0: now, it is what it is. And players just need to live with the fact that they were drafted by a team. If they don't like it, they can go
1: play in Europe. Yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. You know? Okay, next question. Uh, this is by Darko. It says, uh, if Rykoff isn't ready and potentially spends a year in the A, do you see him um, going back to the KHL? If he does not make the team out of camp, does that spell the end for Smith?
0: I'll let you if, if he it. does make the team out of camp, does that spell the end for
1: Smith? Yeah, sorry, if he does that's... make the team. Sorry. Um, look,
0: what I said earlier, uh, it's up to him. Uh, the, the position is up for grabs and he has every opportunity this off season to, uh, to earn a spot on the team. If he does, even, even if he doesn't, I think Brandon Smith's days as a Ranger are over. I don't think we see Brandon Smith next season in a Rangers jersey.
1: Um, (laughs) Um I I would love that I just don't see that being realistic. I'm just not sure if it's a buyout, if it's a trade or if it's being demoted
0: to Hartford, but I don't see him on the Rangers next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know Hockey Stat Minor mentioned that before too about just burying him in Hartford and I'm not against that. I just um I I I think I I I know I I know I sound crazy and fine Mika, you could think I'm nuts, but I think there's a team that would take him. I'm sorry. I think there's a team that would take Brendan Smith and say, "Sure, you know, even if you sell, even if you give him to us at, I don't know, like 40 cents on the dollar and you got to eat a couple of bucks, I think there's someone that would take him.
0: Well, with, with some retained salary, you can probably get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only two years left on his deal. So it's not, it's not, it's not Lucic bad.
1: Right. So um, instead of burying him, just eat a couple of bucks and maybe you get, maybe you get something out of it. That could be possible. And like I said, I, I don't know which of the three it's going to
0: be. I just don't see him on the Rangers next season. Um, I think, And I think that's fair. I think Rykov, um, if he goes down to the AHL, I think he, he might wait for like two, three months. But if he's not back in the NHL by, uh, by November, he'll probably finish the
1: season in, uh, in Europe. So basically, uh, it's, it's either NHL or bust.
0: Yeah, and, and like I said, it doesn't terminate his contract. It just, it just means that the first year of his entry-level contract, he will spend in Russia. Yeah, I think that's fine. I have no problem. And I think I think that's that's best for all parties involved in this case. If he doesn't crack the lineup, because he right. will get his signing bonus, and he gets to play in Russia for more salary than the AHL, because that's just there's there's no there's no denying that the AHL, when it comes to salary, is probably seventh or eighth in the world. Um, I think it's I think it's on par with the Austrian league. Um, but yeah, if he goes back to Russia, he'll just come back in 2020 and try again, like Christian Veselainen did for the Winnipeg Jets. He right. signed his entry-level contract, uh, was demoted to uh, the AHL, decided to activate his clause and went to Jokerit in Helsinki to finish the season in the KHL. Yeah. And when the KHL season was over, he came back to Winnipeg and, and that's it. That's, I, think, I think it's a, a, a great solution in this case yeah but it I, I, do, me I, at all. I do expect him to make the team because our defense is just shit.
1: Well, then, then if that's the case, then it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Then we're going to see a, a, not just one guy off this team that's moved. It's, it's got to be two. So it's, let's just say Brendan Smith is the most likely candidate, even in a, even in a, even in a, even in a um, if we're going to bury him in Hartford, then you're probably going to see one of Clayson you know, D'Angelo, Pionk, Shattenkirk, Stahl. Cause I don't think I don't think they're going to trade Brady Brady Shea. I mean, no. they just they li- they literally just signed him. He's twenty five. He's he's twenty five years old. Uh, I just makes no sense. But I could see you know D'Angelo, Pionk, Shattenkirk, or Stahl being guys that could be. Named. Um, obviously Stahl um, is kind of like the de facto captain. Um, so. He only has like two years left on his deal, I think. So likelihood of him being moved with his no trade clause, not that likely. So,
0: from an organizational standpoint, I don't see him being traded because yeah,
1: I think he's actually and I I'm he's, he's worth probably more to them even just hanging out, hanging around the team than whatever he yes. turns. So they'll probably just just keep him and deal with it. Um, okay. So that really leaves us with th- three players. If you want to put in put Clayson into the mix. Uh, it's D'Angelo, Pionk, and Shattenkirk. Yeah, I, I think one of, D'Angelo, be
0: one of D'Angelo or Pionk will be gone this summer, I think.
1: I think that's fair. I, think, I, I don't think they're going to keep both D'Angelo and Pionk. Now, I, think, I, think, I actually think that... P, I, I know this sounds crazy, too. I think Pionk actually gets the better return. Yes, but... Just, just because I think there are teams that... As talented as D'Angelo is, I think that if if Gordon calls them up and says, okay, we're going to give you Tony D'Angelo, they're going to say, wait a second, this is like, what his fourth or fifth team? What's the, you know what I mean? What's the issue here? At yeah. some point, like, he can't stick on a team. Like, they're going to be like, well, what the heck is going on here? Um, yeah,
0: because uh, first it was Tampa, then it was Arizona, now it's the Rangers. He'll be on team number four if he's traded this summer.
1: Yeah, yeah. so I think there's, that's a red flag for some GMs. And, you're, and every time you keep trading him, it's just you're, you're 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 losing less on the dollar, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, I think that's a little bit of a red flag. I think Tony D'Angelo, and he had a great year. So it's not about it's not about his performance on the ice. Let's just get that get that straight. If we're just talking about strictly on ice performance, Tony D'Angelo all day long will, will get a much much better package return than Neil Pionk ever will. Yeah, because it's not about on ice performance. It's just about what another another GM might get a little, you know. They're going to look at the whatever the off the ice stuff is and they're going to be like, mm, I don't know if I want that. You're going to have to, you know, we're not going to give you a lot for that. So it just his value comes down a little bit. Whereas Neil Pionk, there might be some GMs out there that just think think the world of him. Well, and I hate saying it. they just might be like, oh, well, yeah, we'll take him. And I don't know. look, here's the thing Neil Pionk is a good character guy.
0: He may not be the best defenseman on the ice, but. I mean, he was called up to the national team for last year's world championship as a rookie. Um, uh, he's he, he has only been in the league basically for one full season because la- last year he had 28, and technically if you've played 26 or more games, the next season doesn't count as a rookie season, but I think 26 or 28, it's, it's too close. So this was his first full season in the NHL.
1: Well, um, yeah, and it was, and it was Tony, Tony D'Angelo's real first season, right? Think yeah, about it. and and Tony me, D'Angelo looked just much better. I just I don't know. I, yeah, I think and, I need I, I for me to keep Pionk over D'Angelo. You're gonna have to sell me more on like more than okay. Well, it's his first full year because it was Tony D'Angelo's first full year, and he he skated circles around.
0: Yes, but fans are not going to accept the explanation that he's a better guy in the organization. Because fans don't care. Yeah, I agree. Organizations do. And well, then if, I, that,
1: if, if that's the case, then, it, then, then if, it, if it's up to me, then I trade both of them.
0: I've spoken about, uh, about this to you before where I said, you know, compare this to a normal office where Mark Stahl is the old guy that has been working there for 20 years who doesn't know how the new system works. But everyone likes him because he's that old guy who's been there for so many years. And Neil Pionk is the guy who, who doesn't really do anything, but when he comes in in the morning, he brings a coffee for his manager, and his manager likes him. And Neil Pionk is, uh, and Anthony D'Angelo is the guy who gets everything done, but he's a bit, he, has, he has a cocky attitude about it. Yeah. That's, that's how you should see this. It's a business. And fans don't want to hear it, but that's how, in my opinion, that's how the organizations look at this. It's not just about what a player does on the ice, which is why at the end of the month with the upcoming draft, the combine is so important. It's it's not about how many push-ups you can do. It's about the interviews.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally get that. I do. Um, I guess just for me, it's 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 just infuriating because I think that the organization, they might like Neil Pionk better as a team guy. His I just think that um I mean, his, just D'Angelo has the – know I get it. D'Angelo has a better talent, but he's not the team guy. But if that's for me, I, I deal both of them then. And, and I do. I keep Sha- – I, I just let I – let, I ride out Sha- Kevin Shat and Kirk's contract. I deal both D'Angelo and Pionk and then just bring up more kids. It's fine. I don't think that's going to happen. I think, one of the, I think one of them is going to stay. I just – I hope it's I – hope, I hope D'Angelo stays and I hope Pionk is gone. I just – I think I'm probably going to be wrong.
0: Uh, I think it's going to be the other way around, but we'll see.
1: Uh, Again,
0: it's going to be an interesting offseason. Last thing I want to say about Rykov, though, quickly, before we move on to the the next question. If he doesn't manage to secure a a spot on the team in the next two seasons, fans should not be upset when he goes back to Russia.
1: No, that would make sense to me.
0: Because that just means he wasn't good enough for the NHL. It'll mean that I'm wrong, and I'll admit it, but if he cannot crack the team in the next two seasons, then It's just – it's a swing and a miss. It is what it is. It happens. It's not the end of the world, and we'll try again with a different prospect.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. All right, now, next question by James. It says, um, uh, what are we going to do with picks 49 and 58? So those are our second second round round picks. Yeah. It's it's
0: really difficult to project players in that range, but – I still think the Rangers will go with forwards because they, they, they are desperately needing forwards in their, uh, in their prospect pool. Um, and I think that the one guy that I would love is Patrick Pristola, who's from Finland. Um, he had a great season. Um, he turned 18 in January, uh, played in the under 18, scored five goals in five games. But he had uh twenty six points in twenty two games in mestis which is the second level below uh, Liga in Finland uh, he was loaned out to to a team in mestis then had seven points in eight playoff games He is a real goal scorer the way he moves the way he moves around the ice that he finds open uh, open spaces uh, and always finds a way to 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 get the puck on net. and if you if you look at the goals that he scored this season i I'll guarantee you, it's hard to find two goals that are similar. He scores in so many different ways. Um, I think the biggest issue with him is his lack of defense. But at the same time, once you get to the second round, you're not going to find perfect prospects. Every prospect will have something that's that's a uh, a point that they need to improve. But if you go if you go for forwards, I want the Rangers to just go all out and go for. That boomer bust potential and Patrick Pristola is is the guy that I would want there. Um, another guy that, that may go a little bit higher before we're on the uh, on the clock again is Samuel Fagemo, who plays in Sweden for Folunda. Went undrafted last year.
1: Right. He had- yeah. He, he, yeah. He's the he's the overager.
0: Yes, but he had a really good season and basically had a season that you would expect from a late first round pick. He had 25 points in 42 games, uh, 10 in 16 in the playoffs, oh, wow. 10 in 10 11 uh, in the Champions Hockey League that Frolunda won this year. Um, he he just a great season and he had more points than Dominic Bock, who was a first round pick by St. Louis last year. And I know people are always um, uh, hesitant when it comes to uh, overagers or second-year eligible players. Mm-hmm. But the reason I wouldn't have a problem with the Rangers picking him is because he has already done what you expect from a prospect to do in his first
1: year after being... Do you think he can go earlier than this, though? I, I see th- some mocks where he's a little bit earlier than
0: that. I, th- I think he could go late in the first round. And and this is the... Um, the um, the discussion that has been going on with some people, is he worth a first round pick? And I think he is. Um, but I could see him fall to the second round and, um, and drop a bit. Like, uh, what's the guy that was drafted by Florida and then Dallas again, uh, Adam Masquerin. Um,
1: uh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. I think he was drafted by Florida and then didn't sign and had to re-enter the draft two years later. And then Dallas drafted him. Mm-hmm. Um, Players who enter the draft a second time usually don't go in the first round. Um, So if he's there, then the Rangers could could definitely pick him up. Okay. Uh, And then there's there's this Russian kid Yegor Spiridonov who plays with Dorofeev in Russia. Uh, Had almost a point per game in the junior league in Russia, the NHL.
1: Right. He's another winger, right? Sorry. He's another winger, right?
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he's, a, he's a right-handed shot uh, he, he can play center but I just want players in their strongest position don't, don't mess with it so just put him on the wing if you draft him um, he was pretty good in the uh, under 18s as well and, and this is what, what scouts will look at uh, when you get to the second and third round has a player performed in that tournament because that's a, that's a, good, a good test case uh, okay. he had 6 points in 7 games Um, and he really matured over the course of the season. Um, but yeah, there are so many other options. A lot of North American skaters that obviously I don't know enough about to have an opinion living in Europe. I don't really get to watch a lot of junior hockey. Um, but yeah, if I would have to pick
1: three forwards, I would go with those three. Okay. Um, any defensemen that you could think of?
0: Um, there are two in Finland that, um, that I'm intrigued by Anthony Honka and Mikko Kokkonen. Um, well, I think Honk is probably. I
1: mean, he's probably going to win the first round, right?
0: Uh, maybe uh, it wouldn't be the first time that a that a defenseman drops. Um, once once you get to uh, tenth and fifteenth, it's a crapshoot. Uh, it's these rankings are fun to uh, you know to look at and to and to track. But at the end of the day, if you if you take those rankings and on draft day check how many picks they got right. I think the number is like five. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and these rankings are based on what journalists think, not what professional scouts think. And I know that Bob McKenzie has some sources, some actual NHL scouts who feed him some information, but NHL teams don't, don't give them their lists. Got it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I don't think they go with a defenseman. They we went we went over this. They have so many defensemen already. Do you really need another
1: one? I mean, I I, I understand. I, I I think there are some defensemen that there are some defensemen in this draft that I think the Rangers could be enticed taking. Whether that's with the Winnipeg pick or even if that person is around in the second round. Um, I'll give you an example, like um, like that the German kid uh, Maurice uh, Sider, I think his name is right. Mm-hmm. I mean, why, I, I could totally see the Rangers picking him at, at, at 20 or... No, no, but maybe, that's fine. That, that's fine. At 20,
0: that's fine. But we're talking about this, the, the latter part of the second round here. Oh, I see what you're
1: saying. Well, and, and, and Maurice is probably not going to drop that far, so... Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Fair, that's fair enough. That's fair enough.
0: Although, the coolest thing about Mikko Kokonen is the logo of the team he plays for. Um, he plays for Yukurit, which is not to be confused with Jokurit. Uh, but their logo is like this really mean looking viking with a big mustache it's it's really awesome if people That's have a great. chance to to look it up it's Yukuri, they play playing liga That's it's incredible. probably one of my favorite logos in hockey
1: you know you know what like may, maybe before i mean you know i think we're going to maybe we'll try to get drew back on our show um sometime soon because he loves talking about a lot of these prospects and you know since you've got that you know, you watch a lot of these, uh, a lot of these kids in Europe, that should be a, a fun conversation. So um, I'm glad someone brought up the, the second round picks because I think that, you know, um, there's a couple of um, prospect guys I like bringing on. So maybe we'll bring those guys on with some fun conversation about like first round, second round, even deeper, some some serious sleepers that we like things like that. So, yep. um, so stay tuned for that stuff. Um, moving on to the next question here. So Andrew Owens asked, uh, with the JD, with the hiring of JD, do you think the Rangers interviewed others or was he their number one target? Um, So I'll take a stab at that. I think he was, I I think, I think in theory, they would have probably liked Eisenman. But he was never really available, though. Exactly. So once that was out there, it was whatever. Then it was just a whatever. Um, I also think, and 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 don't take this the wrong way. I think the president's job is a little overrated. Um, I don't think he's as responsible for things as people think it's more of, you know, general processes and things like that. It's more like, are we doing things properly? Is everything organized? Do we have a right contacts? You know, it's, it's the things are in place. You have your general managers, you have your, your, your scouting team. You've got your general manager for your, you know, um, your lower leagues, you got your, your European scouts, you got your North American scouts. Um, you've got your, you know, your head coach, you've got your assistant coaches in place. Well, hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens with Lindy Ruff. but the, at the end of the day, Jeff Gordon is really driving this bus for this team. Um, yeah. That's the purpose of a general manager. And you said before, sometimes that role gets um, combined at, at, with certain organizations, but I think a properly run organization has that, um, that separation there, where the per- the general manager, you know, has you know uh, true ownership uh, of the role, and, and he gets to own that 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 role. So uh, he's got complete you know autonomy with what he wants to do. And I think Jeff has that. So that's why I'm not that concerned with who they hire, so to speak. So if they want to hire a familiar face like JD, and just knowing that he's a he's a good face to have, and that he has good contacts in hockey. So if you wanted to, if we wanted to, let's say for whatever reason we turn out and say, we want Scott Stevens as our assistant coach on this team. Uh, I think having JD and and his contacts is a, is a a good resource for that. So we can Mm. maybe get an interview for that. Um, things like that. I think that's really what the president does a lot of, and it's a lot of, you know, he's going to put the right guys in place to do their job as opposed to, you know, having, um, hands-on approach to stuff. That's just what I think. So um, do I think there were other targets? I don't think so. I think that once JD, you know, once it was known that JD was going to be leaving Columbus, it was just like, all right, he's, he's the right hire here. And to be honest, I mean, he did, he did a good job with St. Louis. I mean, look where they are. Um, Columbus, if you, we had to be honest here, Columbus, look at the teams that Boston played. Who gave who gave Boston the hardest time? It was Columbus. Yeah. Everybody else, they fucking – they, you know, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, it's probably – I mean, the Leafs took him to seven, right?
0: Yeah, but the Leafs always take him to seven just
1: to lose game seven to the Bruins. That's... Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Look, at the end of the day, um, I think that he's done a good job with the franchises he's, he's ran, so I don't think mm. this is a problem at all.
0: No, I don't think it's a problem either. I just think if... um, I think after Eisenman was no longer available, I think JD was their number one target. But I think the reason Eisenman wasn't interested in the Rangers is because he had both uh, positions in Tampa, and I think he now has the same in Detroit, where he has both the, the GM and the president's responsibilities. Yep. Completely agree with that. But yeah, we'll see what happens with JD. It's... uh. It's fun to have him back in the organization.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everybody fans loves love him. Yeah, yeah, look, at the end of the day everybody loves JD. If you don't love JD, I don't know what's wrong with you. The guy the, the guy is a fun fun loving guy. Um now, I don't know. I mean, he he might be an older guy. Maybe he uh, maybe he's not maybe he's not like some of the, you know, one of the newer guys that has uh, some more modern takes on hockey. Maybe that's that's true and, you know, it is what it is, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, as long as he's as long as we have you know the agreement that this is Jeff Gordon's job and he has autonomy, then I'm not worried about anything so yeah let's just let's just move on. Um, Ivan, Yu has a question here. I think this is the last one for the day. Um, I think this is the last question. Is it Let's see Nope, we have a couple more questions actually sorry. um, so one from Keith Volpe it says um, as much as I hate even thinking, thinking this with the success of the other two goalies is the writing on the wall. Goodbye, lunquist. Um, so I'll say this is the writing on the wall. Goodbye, lunquist? I mean, the guy is almost, he's, I mean, he's, he's pushing 40 guys. We've been getting
0: close to that moment for the last few years.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, look, there's, there, you're going to be hard pressed to find a Lunquist lover more than me. I got, I, I, I I do. I love the guy. Um, but I mean like he's at the end of his career now, do I hope that, you know, he rides the bench at some point at the end of his career and we can win him a cup. Sure. Do I think that's wishful thinking sometimes? Um, do I think that there's a part of me that hopes he can go to another team to win a cup for that, that reason only? Yes. But that would be something that only I would, I would be comfortable with if that's what he wants. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it's the writing on the wall. I think the writing's been on the wall for a long time. I don't think it has anything to do with Georgia. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, Shostorkin. I think it's the fact that he's been the leader on this team for a decade and a half.
0: Yeah, I um, mean he's been on the team for 14 years now, since 2005 when he came over. And he's, he's like you said, he's getting close to 40. Uh, he's not the goalie he once was. He's still a really good goalie but you reach a point where you just have to move on. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans would love to see Lundqvist on the team for another five years. I just don't see it happening. I don't see the Rangers trading him either because he has a no-move clause that he probably won't waive. But um, I think um, the demise of Lundqvist, as some uh, might like to call it, uh, doesn't have anything to do with Sestjorkin or Georgiev. That's those are those are two separate things. Um, one of one goalie was going to replace him one one way or another.
1: Yep, I, I agree with that. And the last question we have here is about our top ten prospects. So it says, uh, this is Ivan Yu. Who are your top ten uh, prospects for New York Rangers currently? Also, within the defensive prospects, who would you have be your top five? Um, so. Um, one question quickly. Do we include the second overall pick in this? Yeah, of course.
0: Because then that one is number one.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be hard for me to rank who's, who's who, but I, can, I, think I, can, I think we can give you a definite top 10. Um, and I think that's whoever they... The, the, the loser of the use sweepstakes, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, is probably number one. Um, I think Kraftstop is is two. Um, now, if we're talking about pros, now when we say prospects, do we mean people who um, are not eligible for the Calder anymore? So, like Kittle is off the list.
0: Yeah, we we can do that. So, players who have not played twenty six games in a in a season yet.
1: Okay, so then I would say, um, let's just let's just for argument's sake say it's going to be Capo Caco. So Caco one, um, Kravstov two, uh, Shostorkin. Three. You're with you so far. Yep. Probably Kandri Miller. Four. Mills Lunquist Five. I
0: have those two swapped, but
1: that's all right. Um. Duh, 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 duh. That's five. Now we're supposed to get a little dicey because the the, the mm-hmm. this is where you really got to be like, eh, I'm not exactly sure how I want to slice this out. <sighs> Man, you really think. I think that's for sure my five. I think after that is really where I start to go. I'm not exactly sure how I want to put this. I probably at this point... No, you know what? Let me rephrase this. I think... Let me, let me slide Miller and Mills down and put Adam Fox there at this point. Okay. So, it's, it's, so for me, it's... One through going Caco, six. Kako, Kravstav... Just Dorkin. Um then Fox. probably then probably Adam Fox. Then it's gonna be Keandre Miller. Then it's gonna be Nose Lundquist at six. Then it's gonna be um Rykov or Hayek for me. Probably Hayek. And then, and then... Hayek and then Rikov.
0: Yeah. So that's yeah, eight? probably
1: probably that way, and then shoot, man, this is um. Is Joey Keen in the mix? Yep, probably somewhere. Um, not exactly sure where I want to slot him though.
0: No, but here's the thing with uh with these top ten lists, you know, the, the top three or top five is always easy. After that, it's like the draft. You know, if you ask me tomorrow, the, the number six until ten can can be can be different. Um it's difficult to, to put a top ten together. Um the other thing he, he asked, I think, is the top five on defense? The
1: top five on defense. I mean, I think we could just I mean let's that we can probably do is yeah. is it's probably Adam Fox, Kandri Miller, Nils Lundqvist, um, Rykov, and and then probably or or Hayek and Rykov. Yeah. However, you want to switch flip flop those two.
0: So the, the top five forwards would then be Krafzov. Oh, sorry, Kako Kraftsoff.:
1: and I think that's it because we don't have any forward prospects. I mean, how do you feel about? <laughs> Um, how do you feel about Patrick Verda?
0: Yeah, well, I think he's the best one we have after those two. Because the only other forward prospects we have in the system are Dominic Lakatos, whose rights expire in June, uh, Morgan Barron.
1: Oh, Morgan Barron. How did I forget about him? He should be in the mix. Did he had a really um, good year? Riley Hughes and Laurie Payuniemi. That's it. You know what? I I, I think I think probably I think I think I think Morgan probably cracks the top ten. He, believe, actually had a, he had a really good year. I cannot believe you forgot Morgan Barron. I did, I did. Well, yeah, I know. Well, you know, that's actually a good thing because I think a couple of years ago, he'd be the only person we're talking about. Yes. Um, but
0: illustrates why I've been saying go for forwards in the draft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, honestly, if, if we're looking at our, if let's say we did top 10 forwards in the, in, in the program. We're we we don't have 10 no no I know I'm saying we're 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 thinking about guys like Tyronning in that mix we're thinking yeah, about we, guys like you know uh I mean really like I don't know Connor Brickley I mean like uh or uh, uh, Vinny and, Vinnie and th- this, th-
0: that's not that's not who you want in your top 10 Yeah so, yeah yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, the the forward groups well here's the thing the forward groups actually if we would have rewound if if let's say we're including you know Leas Howden and Anderson, then it's then it's different. But those guys have graduated to me, so it's 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 skewed a little bit. Leas Howden and Anderson, um, yeah, Howden, uh, Leas, Heedle. I'm sorry, and Heedle, sorry, Heedle, okay, okay. Yeah. So Leas Anderson, Philip Heedle, and Brett Howden. Like, if we're including those three, then uh, yeah, then it, then it then it's different because we got those three. Then you got the, the two big wingers, then Morgan Baron. So then it's pretty good. Yeah, okay, and it's pretty good. But you've graduated three guys. So, yep. you know, and, and to be fair, you're going to graduate to two of them again, because you're going to, you're probably going to, you're, you're going to be playing with, with, you know, Kako and you're going to be playing with, um, Kraftstoff next year. So what's really going to be your, your, your rookie. I mean, you uh, in your, in your system, in your pipeline, who are you I, developing? Unsigned that that's one we have to draft because otherwise it's Morgan Barron. Yeah. Yep. I, I think there's some truth to that now. Don't get me wrong. Defensemen take longer to develop, so that's why they tend to stay in your pipeline a little bit longer. But even still, I mean, what's our, our organizational depth after after those two guys are gone after they graduate this year? I mean, you yeah. got Riley used. You've got Vinny Laterry. I mean, we've actually. I think Vinny Laterry's probably played enough NHL games. I don't even qualifies anymore. Yeah, but I, it, yeah, it. it I just keep
0: coming down to, to this point. We need more forwards, and this, this draft is where they should get them.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm a best player available kind of guy, but I think if, I think if, you, if you guys are on the same tier, I think we should, I think we should definitely attack some, some, some forwards. Yeah. I agree with that. As long All as right. they don't go um, with
0: a goalie in the second or third round, I'm happy. Uh,
1: the, only, the only excuse I will give for taking a goalie in the second round, because we don't have a pick till... Like we said, the, like 40 something, right? 48. Right. If Spencer Knight is there at 48 and you take him, I'm not, I, I don't hate it. But I'll tell you this he's not going to be there at 48. So it doesn't matter. He's probably there. He's probably gone by 15. I don't know if he's gone by 15, but he's gone before the end of the first round. So I can be- see a team yeah. like Florida
0: take him and they're there at like 13.
1: Really? That, well, yeah. I mean, they do need a goalie. Bad.
0: But then again, goalies goalies take four or five years. Look at Lundqvist. Look at Shest Jorkin. It took them five years from the day that they were drafted until the day that they uh, joined the NHL team. It was five years.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Lundqvist good was drafted point. in 2000, joined the team in 2005. Shest Jorkin drafted in
1: 2014, joined the, joined the team this year, 2019. That's a good point. I mean, that's a little early, though. That's, that's even early for me, man.
0: Yeah, well, Carey Price was a top-ten pick. Uh, Vasilevsky was a first-rounder. Sometimes these, these teams will just go with a goalie that they really like. I,
1: yeah, I think, that's, I think that's possible.
0: And I, think, I don't agree with it, but I think Spencer Knight is the type of goalie that, that fits that mold of Carey Price and Vasilevsky where teams think that they cannot go
1: wrong with him. Yeah. I'll tell you a team that could take him, though. Um, if he if he's around later on, think think of the teams at, at the back end of this first round, Carolina, mm. right, Calgary, right, three teams that could probably use him. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure Carolina is going to buy out uh, Scott Garland uh, Scott Darling anyway. Yeah, so um, I know it takes a while to develop, but those are those are three franchises that I think could take him and maybe do something with him. So. Yeah. Or may- 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 maybe Washington when they know hopefully is going to be you know, um, at the back end and maybe they prep and say, let's get, a- get our goalie of the future now. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Good show today, man. Um, you know, we got, the, uh, like, we got some games coming up. Let's enjoy them. And um, let's see if we can work on some, uh, some hot guests coming up for the week. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll throw some invites out there. If Drew Way wants to come on. Uh, he know, he, you know he's always welcome couple other guys, um, and we'll, we'll see what goes on with the rest of the playoffs. But go Western teams, and let's you know, let's kick some Boston ass. Yeah, I,
0: I just want Boston to lose the final.
1: Yeah, me too. So
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just I'm just hoping whatever team comes out of the West, you know, is able to beat Boston because that'll that'll make this playoffs a little less sufferable. It's they've been awesome, and what I mean by sufferable is Boston winning. Um, yeah. The playoffs have actually been really freaking good. It's just that. I don't want to see Boston win again because I'll, I'll want to punch myself in the face.
0: By the way, um, it only happened twice in North American sports before that a team swept a team that swept a team in a sweep.
1: I was actually going to ask you about that because, I, I, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a triple sweep. And I'm thinking to myself, like, when the heck yeah. would this ever happen where a sweep team Q. swept <laughs> the team that swept the team that swept the team?
0: Yeah, it's the first time in the NHL, and I think – I have to look it up. I think the other two were uh, baseball and
1: basketball. It, uh, how wild would it be if one of these 30, 30, 30. Western Conference teams sweeps Boston? Sorry? How wild would it be if one of these Western Conference teams sweeps Boston? Oh, man. That would just be a wild little nugget, you know what I mean? Like that would be crazy. So. It's never gonna uh, That's yeah, never going to happen. If it happens, it, it's never going to happen again. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. All right, have a good afternoon, everybody, and um, let's go Rangers, even though they're not playing.
0: <laughs> hey, this is the most exciting offseason as a Rangers fan in years.
1: That's true. You're totally right about that. that in, in all seriousness, Jeff Gordon could he literally could not have had a, a, a he could not have a better situation right now. He is literally sitting there just chilling out, and he is literally gonna make New Jersey make the decision for
0: Yeah, and Jeff Gordon cannot make another trade the rest of the offseason, and this offseason will still be a success.
1: Yeah, I do want to say one thing, actually, before we go about Jack Hughes. Um, I know all the hype has been about Capo Caco, um, and fans like Ranger Twitter, fans, whatever, get ready to hate me on this. I want to see the Devils take Capo Caco at this point. Because I, uh, I'm with Drew and a few other guys. I want to see the anarchy and the chaos at this point. Because I think, I think people are so they're so cacko crazy that they forget how good of a prospect Hughes is. So I almost part of me wants to see this chaos because it's kind of funny.
0: Oh yeah, you know, I want to see
1: fans. I want to see tricky. fans get all nuts like, oh my God, we got Jack Hughes. This sucks. Just because it's gonna be funny and then watch him turn out to be a stud and you know see those takes years later, you know.
0: Yeah, it, it amazes me how Twitter has gone from lose for use, woohoo, to I hope Jack Hughes is a good prospect.
1: It's insane, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's a great prospect. And I don't, like, if, either one, if, if we get either one of them, it's going to be the best prospect we draft. And I'm saying this, and maybe some people will hate me for this, this will be the best prospect we draft in franchise history. On draft day, better than Brian Leach. I'm not in saying ter- in, term-
1: in terms of upside, you might be right.
0: Yeah, I'm not like, saying. Like, like, I'm not saying the player would like, be better. Like, like
1: Leach, Leach exceeded his, his expectations, but yeah. yeah, I agree with you.
0: It's the highest pick we've had since we drafted Brett Park. This is this is amazing. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Oh, um, Game of Thrones thing, real quick. Let's let's touch on that. Who 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 ends up on the throne tonight?
0: Uh, oh, that's an interesting question. Um. Let me think. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for one way out of left field. I'm going to say Gendry.
1: Get, get the fuck out of here, Gendry. <laughs> get out of here. That is absolute crazy. I'm going to go with... Uh, da, 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 da. <sighs> Do I want to say Bran Stark for Wildness? That's... I need to build a ramp first. <laughs> it's true uh, I don't want to say Daenerys because fuck her uh, I, I, and, and, and I know this is not a Game of Thrones podcast but I don't mind talking about this shit um, sorry people anyone who says that like oh I can't believe she did this Like, if you didn't see this building for like several seasons then you need to rewatch the show because um, it was pretty obvious what she was going to do um, anyways um, I'm going to go with Wild card and say Santa Stark. Interesting. Yeah. It, I'm going to yeah. go with a woman. I'm going to go with Santa Stark. Oh. I'm going to go with a woman who's not the That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Well, I guess
0: we'll find out in, what, seven hours?
1: Yeah, about that. Yeah. All cool. right. Let's really go this time. All right. Talk All to right. you guys later. Ciao.